Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. You can turn to Proverbs 13 for me. We'll get there in just a moment. How are you guys doing? The fast ended today, this morning. The sun came up. You break the fast when the sun comes up. So just a word of advice for you. Don't jump back in full force on your Super Bowl party. All right. I just, you know, anyways, enough said about that. But just ease back in a little bit. I just, if I could, as your pastor, I want to just thank you, number one, for engaging with all of us in 21 days of prayer and fasting in whatever capacity you were able to. It really is a difference maker. It really, truly is. We've already heard great testimonies of the things that God is doing, uh, revealing in our lives as he's preparing us for this upcoming season. And so I would ask if you have had a, a wonderful time and experience, maybe God spoke something to you, maybe you saw some things happen in your life during the days of 21, or 21 days rather, prayer and fasting. Let us know about that. Go online, send us an email, uh, share that with us. Uh, not only does it encourage us and, and let us just rejoice and celebrate with you, it might be something that we can share to encourage other people. So if you have a, a testimony of that sort, then go online anytime you do. Go online and share that with us. It's always good to hear what God is doing in your life. All right, new series starts today for the next probably five weeks or so. We're gonna look at this idea of how we find freedom from the things that weigh us down. Unpacking your bags. I, I don't know about you, but I don't really, I don't like to travel a whole lot. I'll be honest with you. I, I like to be at home. I like to be with my stuff, right? I like to be comfortable. I like to have my bed. I like to have access to it, you know, everything. And whenever I want, I, I'm not a big traveler. I don't like hotels. Hotels honestly just really gross me out, to be honest with you. Um, my wife, I think it was last year, not this Christmas, the past Christmas, made like pillowcases for the whole family. I take that every time I travel. I don't use the pillowcase at the hotels. I put my own pillowcase on. Um, I don't want to touch the remotes. Did you guys ever see that on TV, The like 60 Minutes or whatever, Dateline? I don't touch the remotes. You put it in a plastic bag. I don't drink out of the glasses they provide. I don't like to use the comforter. I peel it off there. I'll freeze at night. I don't want that on me. Who knows who's been there before? right? I like the comfort of my own home. I think honestly, though, the, the biggest thing for me in traveling is, is, is baggage, luggage. I'm a notorious overpacker. I can go somewhere for three days and really be able to stay for about two weeks. I mean, I, I don't know why that is. It's so funny. That's just not me. I like, I, I, as soon as I get to a hotel, I unpack everything and I put it in. I mean, I can't do anything. I can't sit down and can't relax till I hang up all the clothes I need to hang up. I put the clothes in the drawer. I don't even live that way at home. I mean, it's like, you know, and in fact, when I come home, I never unpack until I've worn everything clean in my suitcase and there's nothing left in it except their dirty clothes. And I don't know why that is. But I knew I was on the right track for the series because um, last Sunday night, a week ago, actually Friday night, my wife and I, we got back from Tulsa. I had an opportunity to go speak uh, at a conference, do a workshop and to speak at a church in the area. And so we were really blessed and honored to do that. We flew home late uh, Friday night and got home. I was just really tired, so I didn't do anything with my luggage, put it at the foot of the bed, and, uh, which is the norm anyways. And then uh, really didn't touch it for a while. And then Sunday night, I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night. And that's frustrating right? When you can't sleep, stand at the ceiling. So for me, I just can't stare at the ceiling and will myself back to sleep. I got to get up and do something. And so I got up and do something, got tired again, headed back to my bed, my side of the bed. And on my way there, I kicked the suitcase and broke a toe on my foot. And I was like, man, it's a good thing I'm fast and cussing right now because that was just, a, no, I don't cuss. I'm just kidding. In fact, my mom sitting here in the front row, we had Christian cuss words we were not allowed to say, right? <laughs> we just, none of that. So, so, and I just, you know, collected myself, sat on the edge of the bed, tried not to wake up my wife and just knew in that moment that's, that happened, it caused me great pain 
because I didn't unpack my bag and left it there on the floor. What a great lesson. So then I began to thank God for putting the suitcase out in front of me and the Holy Spirit with a gentle nudge, <laughs> all right? And, uh, or the devil, either one, I don't know. But nonetheless, the lesson was learned. And uh, just the idea of unpacking our bags. And that's really true. I mean, let's just be honest. The reality is for all of us, we all have stuff in life. I mean, we all have issues. We all have baggage, if you will, because that's the word we're using. And, uh, but God has made a way for our freedom. And, but it seems like our world, our society today, works so hard to k- hang on to stuff. I mean, just our illustration of baggage, in fact, you know, one of the reasons why I, I don't like traveling, I don't like to deal with it. I don't like to check my bag per se, because then I don't want to have to wait when I get to my destination to get that. And then I hope and pray that it shows up. Um, so I started carrying on my bag when I can, but that created a whole lot of other stresses for me because I got to lug it everywhere. I mean, what do you do when you're, you go to the bathroom, you got to wheel it in there, or you got in the restaurant, or and you can't leave it unattended. <laughs> you, you know, you just, you're, it's with you, and you adjust how you travel because of the baggage to accommodate, really to accommodate your baggage. You know, now they have wheels on it, handles on it, and all kinds of things. And then I get a little stressed out about having overhead compartment space. I don't know about you. If, if it's over my seat, don't put your overhead carry on there. That's mine, right? And so I get nervous. So I'm the guy that has to show up a minimum of two hours before the flight. It just frustrates my family or anybody traveling with me then because we sit there, but I'm like, no, I'm going to get checked in. I need to know everything's good and I'm good to go. It's even to the point now where I uh, pay a little extra to get um, like group one boarding, right? Because I'm afraid that when I get on the plane, all the overhead compartments are full. In fact, when uh, Rob and I were flying to Tulsa to a men's conference uh, from San Antonio to Dallas and Dallas to Tulsa, um, I had, we paid a little extra for a seat to board earlier because nowadays everybody carries stuff on. Everybody. And I don't know how they carry some of that stuff on. You can see them trying to jam it in the thing and it's not going to fit. Well, I made sure that because I didn't want to worry about what I was going to do with my bag, that I had group one. But I learned a really big lesson. So when we're waiting to get online, they started calling the boarding. So first class boards first. So first class, get up and get in line. And then it was priority one boarding. And then it was priority boarding. And then it was one world alliance and then global alliance. And then it was gold members and then diamond members and platinum members and sapphire members and ruby members. And then finally it was group one. And here's what I learned. Group one only gets to board before group two, which is the last group. I couldn't believe it. They kept calling all these groups, all these groups. And so sure enough, I got on the plane. There was no overhead compartment space left. And so I just sat down with it in my seat. And Rob was so nice. You want me to go look back around the plane? I said, no, they're just going to have to figure it out. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. So I had my carry-on in my lap. And the stewardess said, sir, you can't travel like that. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, I know, I know. Thank you. And uh, so she went up to the first class and found some space in the first class overhead. So my bag traveled first class, but I didn't. But anyway, so... <laughs> That was that, that, you know, one more thing there. So then on our leg to Tulsa, we sat on the plane for two hours out on the runway. Don't you hate that? And so, you know, they, they traveled around and taxied around and they couldn't get us out for whatever reason. And they brought us back to the gate and said, we have to go back to the gate because we don't have enough fuel now to make it to Tulsa. And I said, well, thank God someone's watching the fuel gauge and we didn't get in the air. And so eventually then there was mechanical problems and they canceled our flight. Our flight got canceled as well as because of weather. I don't know how many other people. So, but on that flight, they made us gate check our bag, right? You, you're right there fixing to go down and show your ticket and they take it. They put a little tag on it and they somehow put it on the airplane from that point. So they called everybody and said, you need to get your bag that's been gate checked. So I go and wait in this line to get my gate check bag. I already had this dilemma the first leg of the flight. And so all of a sudden all the bags are picked up and mine's not there. I'm like, how do you lose a gate check bag? 
And so I, I look at the lady and she's like, well, there's one more bag right behind you. And I turned around and it was my bag, but it was crushed, totally destroyed. And it just in pieces. And I'm like, stuff's hanging out of it. Clothes are hanging out of it. And I'm like, and all you could do at this point was just laugh. I just laughed. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm, I'm like, you know what? I, unless, you, unless you actually did this, you don't need to apologize. And I didn't do it. She's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And I said, well, how did this happen? She said, well, the ramp crushed it. I said, oh, okay, well, great. So I grabbed my bag by the handle and started to stuff things back in the side and carry it around. And all these hundreds of people are walking by and I'm mortified because I'm just embarrassed and I got this crushed suitcase. And so I hear this voice calling behind me as I'm walking down the corridor, sir, sir. And I turn around, she goes, you forgot this. And you know that handle that comes up that you pull your bag? It's the handle, that's all it is. You forgot this. And I said, thank you. I don't know what I would do without that. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. I just, it's just the story of traveling with me. It's just a crazy, and I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't like, I don't like that. It's a baggage issue for me and stuff. But you know, it is, it is interesting though, when you look at it in life, really, we tolerate a lot to carry our baggage in life. We're inconvenienced a lot, but it doesn't seem to matter. We pay a lot of money to be able to carry our baggage with us everywhere we go. We've gotten so used to it. We adjust our life to compensate for the baggage and things that we have. And God never intended for us to live that way. In fact, one more uh, quick story on our our trip to India. Uh, My wife and I, we had so much luggage. It was a long trip. Uh, India, the climate in India at this moment in time was warm and sunny. And then on the way home, we we're going to stay in, in New York for a couple of days. So I have a cousin up there and that's cold and wet. And so we had things we we're packing for. We had equipment we took with us. We had shirts that we were given to the pastors. We had a bag just for snacks because we don't really like the food. And so we just had so much stuff. It was such a hassle. And when we arrived in India, we had to, not only a, a vehicle come pick us up and all our bags, we had to have some extra people help us. We had so much stuff. This, here, here we go in India, arriving in India. And so... Uh, <laughs> Actually, all I had was a carry-on. That's my wife's luggage, but uh, <laughs> she's not here. She's uh, at a funeral, so I can take a little liberty, but um, just a funny picture. That's, that's uh, really kind of reality in our life, to be honest with you, though. A funny picture there. So we're going to talk about that over the next five weeks. What does that look like? What, do we, what does it mean when we're talking about baggage? Because honestly, we really have to identify that because probably we've learned to live with so much stuff that God never intended. And we're not running free, perhaps, because we're carrying so much stuff, but what we're learning to do is adjust how we live in order to accommodate our baggage instead of using our energy, effort, and resources to find the freedom God provided for all of us. And so there's some really powerful truths in the scripture, I think, that'll help all of us learn to run and live free. Uh, You know, really, honestly, uh, the journey and the traveling at many times is no fun because I'm trying to deal with baggage. And I got to thinking about that. It's... I love the destination. I love the destination, right? Where, where we're going, what we're going to do. I, I'm, I just want to get there. And um, really the journey is not even that bad depending on where you go and the stops you make. But really what makes it unpleasant, uh, unfulfilling, what, what makes it uh, just a, a pain or whatever that is, really is the baggage. And the journey was always intended to be challenging because there's an enemy, but we are overcomers through Jesus Christ, Amen. And the destination is, is meant to be amazing. And what God has for us is amazing. We'd rather be in his will than out of his will. So really the impact in our life is not the destination or maybe even the journey itself. It's all the baggage that we have to deal with. And the thing about it is, is some of us have been dealing with baggage for so long. No, no, no condemnation here. 
but let's find the truth of God's word to find some freedom for our journey for what God has. So let's start by this. Let's start by going to the baggage claim, if you will. And here's what I've learned. As much as I don't like waiting when I arrive to my destination, pick up my bags, I do like the fact that when I roll up with my bag and I check it and give it to someone, they say, we'll take care of it from here. We got this. It's going to be waiting for you at your destination. I like the idea that someone's willing to help me with my bags, but it's going to make sure it's going to cost me or make me uh, come to the realization that, you know, this is my bag and I need to find some help. And and there's people that will help me along in my journey. Um, But I have to come to that place that I do have baggage and not try and and, and try and adapt my life to to hide it or, or to make it more convenient. Let's just acknowledge it and let's have some help on our journey here. I think really that's our first place. So what is baggage in our life or how does that come? How do you and I find ourselves uh, having to deal with or wrestle with baggage? Uh, So let's make sure we know what the baggage is. So I've identified, you know, really five areas that I think the starting point for you and I, especially in this series, is to look and see that we know um, and recognize now what our baggage is so we can deal with it. Here's Here's how baggage comes, five areas. Number one, unfulfilled expectations unfulfilled expectations. And I, I, it's, it's the idea of, I thought it was going to be this way, but it ended up that way. I prayed and hoped that it would come out this way and it came out this way instead. I thought I'd be at a different place by now. I, I thought that this is what I had and nothing's working out the way that I thought or had hoped. Unfulfilled expectations can lead to baggage because if we find ourselves in, those, in that place, something happened the way we didn't want or hope or plan for it to happen, it could lead to the baggage of anger. Just nothing works right. I can't get it right. I can't believe it turned out that way. Or it can lead to the, to the baggage of disappointment. Man, and just again, just another letdown. I don't know why it's happening this way. It just seems like it happens this way over and over and over again. And so we really can find ourselves uh, adding baggage to our life uh, through unfulfilled expectations. And um, let's take a look at Proverbs 13, 12. Let's see what the scripture says. Listen to this. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Many of us um, here, um, you know, we, we, we're saved, we're going to heaven, heaven is our hope, heaven is our home. But at the meantime, if we, don't have, if we have unfulfilled expectations, then we can live a miserable, heart-sick life. I mean, that scripture is very clear. That as we're walking out life, that if things don't measure up to our expectations, even though we're saved and we have uh, uh, heaven as our home, we'll live a life that could possibly be uh, disappointing, uh, miserable because of um, the, the, the things that have not happened in our life. We have a sick heart because we've had hope that have never happened. Let me speak to that for a minute because it really brings something to mind. Um, let's all realize that earth is not our home. Earth isn't our home. We're here temporarily. We're strangers and aliens. Our home is heaven. And eternity is a whole lot longer than this momentary time that scripture describes as a mist or a vapor that this earth is. And I think sometimes we find hope deferred uh, where in the meantime, we're, we're heart sick. It's because we expect earth to be like heaven. Because I'm saved now. Great, you're forgiven, you're going to heaven, but you still have an earth to live life on. In fact, earth is not gonna necessarily get better. God didn't intend for earth to get better. In fact, Jesus came to rescue you from earth. Heaven is our home. So if we live life with the expectation of earth changing, you will always have unfulfilled expectations. Always. Now you can have an experience a little bit of heaven on earth as God you know, comes into your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. But as a whole, you know, you're not going to change earth. In fact, my Bible says earth is going to keep getting worse. Well, how about something a little more positive, Pastor? <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry. I'm positive earth is going to keep getting worse. Okay. I'm just, 
The Bible says that. That's not me. That's the Bible. But understand that if you're expecting earth to change, you will be disappointed and disappointed and disappointed. Heaven's your home. So unfulfilled expectations or or, or wanting things to change to be a certain way while you're here, that doesn't mean that you can't have a good life and enjoy life. God intends for that to happen and has ways for that to happen. But you're not going to change this world. Uh, So, uh, okay, another thing along with that. So what do we do if we have unfulfilled expectations while we're on this earth? We lower them, don't we? We lower our expectations. Why? Because we don't deal with the disappointment. I'm not going to put myself out there like that again. And then we settle. We settle for stuff that we should never settle for because we're children of God. And we settle for this world and earthly things instead of keeping our focus on heaven. In fact, not only do we settle, we teach our kids to settle. Don't get your hopes up too high. Don't expect too much. And not only are we now settling and adding baggage to our life, we're adding baggage to our kids' life. It's like, let me give this quick example. It's like, you know, my kids played sports and they're great athletes and I love sports and I'd spend hours working with them. And we'd go out to the ball games or to the ball field and they both played softball and basketball. And if my child was up, my kid was up, you know, up to bat, keep her on the ball, honey, come on, I'll swing at the bad ones, get ready. You know, here comes a pitch, keep your, you know, all that kind of stuff. If my child went down, you know, and struck out, hanging her head back to the dugout, I'm like, you know, pick your head up. Don't hang your head. But you'd get people out there and wonderful, sweet moms that would just be, it's okay, honey, it's okay, just try hard again next time. I said, no, it's not okay. We didn't work all those hours to strike out, right? I'm not lowering expectation. If the first baseman's overthrown, it's not okay. We work for hours to hit the first baseman every time. No, you don't miss a ball. You get your body in front of it and you break down. I mean, it's that whole thing like, everybody's a winner. It's okay, honey, we all win. What planet are you living on? Can you see I have a little baggage I'm trying to deal with right now here? I, I didn't realize I had all that. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Can't run holding those suitcases. What would it be like then as our children get older and they go in for a job interview? Catherine Cameron goes for an interview and doesn't get the job. It's okay, honey. You tried really hard. It's okay. We're not going to hire you, but you tried really hard. Good job. I mean, it's like we have got to be a people that, that we don't settle for stuff because we're children of God, amen? And we have got to understand that, that we're here to move life forward as, as, as victorious people, overcomers, amen? And so heaven's our home ultimately. And so let's not add to the baggage to our life of unmet expectations. I love that commercial where the dad and his son just got the trophy and it says, have you seen it? It says participant. And he's fixing to give his son before they get in the van the trophy and he peels off that little plaque says participant and he gets a Sharpie out and writes champ on there. Yeah, let's not lower our expectations, amen? Let's live free. Let's not carry those things around with us. I think it's something that we can all uh, learn a little bit and create some baggage in our life. Okay, so number two, untreated pain. Untreated pain can can cause baggage in our life. Here's the big culprit to untreated pain. We were all trained to grin and bear it. Smile anyways, grin and bear it. You walk into church, someone says, how are you doing, Pastor Not? Um, favored and highly blessed and highly favored. And that could be the furthest thing from the truth. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Don't let anybody know. Got a smile on my face. How are things going today? Man, they're going good. They're fine. No, they're not. They just fell apart. I know. I know what happened. You know, put a smile on our face. And you know, I think the thing about that at times, we have to be careful when we put on our Sunday best and put a smile on our face and act like nothing's wrong because what we do then is not deal with the issue. You know, we need to deal with the issue. We'll say it's no big deal, but it was a big deal. We didn't get 
we didn't give it, then we don't give it the attention that it's needed. And, and that's a big deal. And, and even the prophet Jeremiah prophesied this would be something that we would do in life. And so let's look at Jeremiah 6, 14. Here's what it says. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. And if you keep trying to live your life and act because you don't want anybody to know that you're not in peace, guess what? You're just increasing the baggage in your life that will keep you from doing and fulfilling what God has. It will keep you from being free. There is a way through scripture to deal with, identify and then deal with these things that we don't just have to have a smile on it. The pain can hurt, the pain can be real. So acknowledge it and let's deal with it according with the word and the power of the Holy Spirit and let God bring freedom to our heart and our life. Untreated pain can be uh, baggage in our life. Number three, unresolved yesterdays. Unresolved yesterdays. In this, we're simply saying that we don't deal with it quickly enough. I'll get to it. I'll get to it at some point in time. But please understand that things will happen to us, whether things that have been said, we said, things that have been done, things we've done, mistakes that have been made. And some of us have developed baggage because of delayed repair with unresolved yesterdays. And let's look at the power of something not dealt with in your life. Uh, let's look at the power of something that is the result of delayed repair. If you're wondering if it's okay, you'll eventually get to it. Let's take a look here in the scripture. Um, let's take a look at Ephesians. Now that's it, Ephesians. Here's what the Bible says. In your anger, do not sin. It doesn't say you're not supposed to be anger, angry. I mean, so there's something to be said about righteous anger. Don't settle for, don't put up with. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Well, how do you not sin in your anger by not letting the sun go down while you're angry or dealing with it immediately. If you don't deal with it immediately or you have delayed repair, here's what happens. You give the devil a foothold. In other words, the devil's just dropped off a whole bunch more baggage at your doorstep and you've just picked it up. To be honest with you. The Bible says that you need to deal with things immediately. And it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. You need to deal with that. If you do let the sun go down on your anger, you have just opened, you have opened the door for the devil to come have a foothold in your life. Some of the baggage that we deal with in our life is because we have entered into delayed repair or we have unresolved yesterdays. And it's not because it happened. Listen to me. It's not because it happened because things happen. We do things, things happen to us. It's because it wasn't resolved quickly. Amen. Not because it happened, things happen. We make sure we're human. But it's because it wasn't resolved quickly. And we'll show you how to do it in this series biblically. Number four, baggage comes from unhealthy view of self. An unhealthy view of self. And some of us walk around with a low view of self or low self-esteem, whether it be from parents or teachers or coaches or friends or family or other people. Stuff we've heard growing up, rejections, hurts, and pains. And you may not have done well in sports, you may not have done well in school, or you may have been socially awkward or whatever that looks like, any number of things. You may not have been unpopular, whatever that is. You may, not, you may be shy, an introvert, you may not talk, like to talk in front of people. Can I tell you, talking in front of people is a real battle for me. Uh, I, in my sophomore year in college, uh, I failed my speech classes. <laughs> That's right, right. I mean, you can probably tell. I would have guessed that, Pastor. <laughs> but I'm still dealing with that. But anyways, you know what? It's hard for me because I know people out there sitting out there, a lot of you can communicate way better than I can. I, I can't, it's a struggle for me to do an outline. In fact, if you were to look at my notes, I write my notes out word for word. Uh, giving, doing an outline is a battle for me. I, I talk too fast. I get nervous, so I talk way too fast. I put words together. I make words up all the time. Some I think are really cool, but I make words up all the time. Like if you were here Wednesday night, I was trying to say focus and perspective at the same time. 
Now try and put that together as an intelligible word. It doesn't work. It sounded like I was speaking in tongues, which is okay, right? And so I was like, I'll just go with that one. But I, I, I struggle at times. I, sometimes I give them the wrong scripture. A couple weeks ago, I gave them a scripture that said, uh, it started like this, when the degenerates are in charge. You remember that one? It's like, and I'm embarrassed by that. I, and I struggle. I get nervous up here. And, and sometimes I struggle with that speaker image or whatever. But, but here's the thing we have to realize is that can easily be baggage for me. My view is not necessarily the correct view of me. Others' view is not the correct view of me. God's view is the correct view of me. Amen? And we need to find freedom in that. Amen? We need to find that freedom there. And so it's important for us to understand that. I I, want to say this, that God sees a different view of you than you do. God sees that. You can't live your life by assessing yourself through your eyes or the eyes of someone else. If you do, you'll walk around with some baggage. Let's take a look at Romans 12, 3, message paraphrase. Here's what it says. Listen, listen to this, the, how this starts. Listen to how this starts. The only accurate way, and that's pretty strong, pretty straightforward. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Man, there's a freeing screen. We can walk out with some freedom right there. We can let some baggage go if we'll get the revelation of that powerful truth that the only accurate view of who you really are is God's. Not you and not those around about you. No matter how much they love you, God has the accurate view for your life. The accurate view is not how we see ourselves, it's how God sees us. Instead, though, we carry around the baggage of insecurity, low self-worth. Number five, let me give you the last one here. Unrepented sin can create baggage. Unrepented sin. Now, this is not saying unconfessed sin, because we confess our sins to God and we find forgiveness. It's not saying unforgiven sin because when we confess our sin to God, he is quick and just to forgive us of unrighteousness, but unrepented sin. Now the word repent literally means to change or to turn around, to do something different. And so here's what we'll walk in a lot of times and we'll deal with some baggage and some things in our life. I don't understand it because I've, I said, I'm sorry. I asked God to forgive me and he has. I've confessed my sin to him and I've, re- and, and I've asked him to forgive. He has. And, and maybe you've even asked him, I repent, Father God. I repent, please forgive me. And he will. But it's not over right there. You are forgiven and you have the power to overcome. Now you need to turn from that and do things differently. But sometimes we go and we repent and ask God to forgive us and he does and we don't change that thing in our life. Come on. And you know what that is? That's baggage in our life. But we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the truth of God's word. When we repent, ask him to forgive us and he's faithful and just to forgive us to be able to change from that and to do something different, not to do that again. But what we ended up doing because of unrepented sin, we haven't made the change in our life we need to. We carry that baggage with us. Let's look at see what King David said in the Psalms, Psalms 32, three through four. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped in the heat of summer. And David, what he's talking about here is the idea of not dealing with what has happened. Some of you feel the weight. He talks about the weight of, the weight of life, the baggage. And it's just been continually accumulating. I'm carrying more and I'm carrying more. You know, when we used to travel when we were younger as kids, before they came out with all the luggage I have now, you remember the old luggage, just that big, like hard coated thing in it. Didn't have wheels on it, had handles, hard plastic handles that hurt your hand when you're holding it. And so we traveled, so my brother and I, we had to carry all the luggage. There wasn't wheels back in that day. 
And so we would beg the rest of our family, please don't overpack. Make sure you're only taking what you need to take. We got to carry all that. And that's the story of life for us. If we're not applying some of these principles, we'll talk about the weight keeps getting heavier and heavier. And we do a lot of stuff and spend a lot of money to figure out how we can pack differently now. In fact, you can go to the store and you can buy things that are super lightweight, right? It's not a, you pay a lot of money. It got wheels on it. All four wheels will turn now, just pulling it behind you. Uh, We have ways that we can stack and attach other bags on top of bags, on top of bags, on top of bags. We have expandable suitcases now. So you can have the same bag, but put a whole lot more stuff in it by unzipping this compartment, this compartment. You can go to the accessory store. And we did this before into India. We got the plastic things that you suck the air out with the vacuum. And so you can put even more stuff in that bag, right? Instead of taking the time to work on finding the freedom in the truth of God's word, we work so hard and, and, and so long to create ways to manage our baggage. And that weight keeps getting heavier and heavier. You can't run while you're holding suitcases. So what's the solution? What's the solution? And, and again, I've decided when I travel I, now, I'd rather check my bag. I don't want to carry any bags. You take all of it. Only thing I want to do going through security is take off my shoes and my belt. That's it. I don't want, I don't want anything to mess with. I don't want to take out my three ounce toiletries and put them out there. I don't want them to do any of that. Take it all. I don't want to have to worry if I have to go to the bathroom or get something to eat. Do I have to wheel it with me? What am I going to do with it? I don't want to worry about trying to get an overhead under the seat in front of me. I just want to sit there and people watch <laughs> and enjoy my time. And I don't have to worry about anything. So I've learned that going and checking bag and have somebody engaging with me and helping take care of that is the way to go. I love not having the hassle and inconvenience of it. Let's help you with your baggage. Second Corinthians 10, three through four. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Let's hold on there for a second. Understand this, the problems that you have here on the earth, we think because they happen in the natural, they're natural problems. Can I just say this, that not every problem that you face really is a natural problem. It has a, it has a spiritual piece to it. And so the Bible says that we, are, we don't wage war as the world does. We don't deal with things as the world deals with things. The world only has the ability to deal with it in the natural. So we don't necessarily deal, it, deal with it in the natural. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, listen to this phrase, they have divine power. So really the way that we deal with even what we would perceive to be natural things is through spiritual means. Divine power speaks to spiritual things. And understand, natural things, natural dealing with things in a natural way may give you a little bit of a breather, may uh, get a little bit of a band-aid on a situation, but the only way to truly demolish the stronghold is through the power of God, spiritual things. So don't think that you can go through your life addressing what you perceive to be natural problems with natural fixes. You're not really dealing with your baggage. You're just getting one that has bigger compartments. You're getting one that has better wheels or that has handles you can attach more stuff to. Uh, The Bible says that we need to deal even with natural problems in a spiritual way with divine power. And I love that word demolish. I love that word demolish. You're not just giving you a little bit of a break. You're not just catching a breather. You're not just giving you some space to live. You are destroying, overcoming with force. Divine power, overcoming with force. You know that word stronghold really is the biblical word for baggage. Stronghold is something that has a strong hold on your life. All right, let's flip it around. Something that you have a strong hold on. What are you holding in your hand? Not letting go. The Bible says that we need to deal with them with spiritual things. And even the natural, you may feel, that was just the natural 
The Bible says that we don't fight in the natural. We fight with spiritual things. The power and truth of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We still can deal with those things. Now, the natural things, I'm not saying those are bad things, but don't let that be the only way you deal with it. Divine power to demolish the strongholds. It's that one area that's been tripping you up for years. Even after you've come to Jesus, you're still wrestling with something. Do you realize when you come to Jesus and you're forgiven and old things are passed away, all things become new. But do you realize still for some of us and for some things, it's still a process to walk out the freedom. It's like when God delivered the children of Israel from bondage and slavery, he got them out of Egypt. Then he took them in the wilderness to get Egypt out of them. There's still some things that we need to deal with and we carry baggage out of Egypt and we have to deal with that. And so there's things that we have to be aware of that we need to deal with that has strongholds on it. I'll give you the Greek word explaining stronghold a little bit more. Here's the Greek word for stronghold. You can see the spelling. The pronunciation is ukuroma, something like that. (laughs) I practiced this a lot yesterday, ukuroma. And that's the Greek word, but it literally means here in the Greek. Now here's the word stronghold in that scripture. It literally means a prison, a, a prisoner locked by what? Okay, and life or living life by something that is what? Okay, now understand, that's the Greek word stronghold here as it's talking about that we just read in that scripture. So what that literally means, and I want you to listen to me, your baggage is not based on a reality, it's based on a lie. It's about the response, it's pretty quiet in here, I thought that would probably be the case. Let me explain that a little further. Your baggage, no matter how real it is, no matter how much proof you have of that, it's not based on a reality, it's based on a lie. The baggage we carry seems real, seems like a fact. We have all kinds of things to prove it, but understand it's based on a lie because God sees you differently. God sees you as somebody else. God sees you through the work of Jesus Christ. God sees you through the power of the Holy Spirit. God sees you through the power of his word. God sees you through what he intended you to be. And by carrying baggage around, we're living a lie or we're giving power to a lie instead of power to the truth of God's word. So we find our freedom in the power of God's word. Everything else is based on a lie. And so you'll never be free as long as you live your life based on something that's not true. We become prisoners to deception. Well, if the whole problem is a lie, then what we need is the truth. Amen. So for the next several weeks, please come back. Bring somebody with you for the next several weeks. You need to come into this room and listen to about 40 minutes or so of a message that will speak the truth of God's word week after week after week. And I believe after several weeks of the truth, you'll be able to unpack your bags piece by piece and walk out free. Amen, everybody. Second Corinthians 10, five, let's finish that passage out. We demolish, there's our word again, arguments in every pretension or every claim That sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We demolish, overwhelmingly defeat every pretension, every claim the enemy has had on us. How? Romans 12, 2. Here's how. Because we do not conform our thinking to the pattern of this world, but we transform it by the renewing of our mind. We think different thoughts. We have a different attitude. Instead of thinking about the lie or what the lie says about us, we change our thinking through the power of God's word to how what God says about us. Our attitude is like, it's, not, it's no longer, it's not gonna change. And we believe the lie. Our attitude is we are overcomers through Jesus, amen? We believe what the word says. We're gonna need fresh thoughts Fresh things to think on. The word of God, we're going to do that for the next five weeks. Give you fresh things to think on so we can find the freedom that God always intended. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Be renewed by the 
to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Ephesians 4, 22, 23 says this, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new, and listen to this, in the attitude of your minds. We're gonna have a new attitude about our baggage. We're not gonna just desire, desire to carry it around and to live in the lie and deception any longer. We're gonna have a new attitude that speaks about the freedom of God in our life, that those things will no longer control us, we'll no longer adjust our living to control them, we'll send our, spend our time, power, and energy in the truth of God's word, changing our attitude about it and find the freedom God brings to you and I. John eight thirty two says this, You will know the truth and the truth will set you what? Free. The truth sets us free. You've got to know the truth. You can't just read about the truth. You can't just hear the truth. You've got to know it. You've got to let that attitude rise up in you. The next several weeks, we're going to know the truth. Let's look at three simple truths, powerful truths before we go. Number one, God still loves me. God still loves me. No matter how much baggage I'm carrying around, no matter how long I'm carrying it, no matter how it got there, no matter what I've done to keep it there, God still loves me. In fact, oh, how he loves me so. How he loves me. I want each and every person in here that no matter what you've done, how long, what you're carrying, how, what great pains and links to carry it, I want you to know God still loves you. He still loves you. John 3, 16, 17, message paraphrase says this. This is how much God loves me. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed or carry baggage their whole life. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son Jesus merely to point an accusing finger and point out your baggage. He, tell, he came telling the, or tell the world how bad it was. He came to help you to put it right again. He came to take those bags out of your hands and off of you so you can have freedom. That's the love of the father. He still loves you. That's a powerful truth. No matter how much you're carrying around. What a powerful truth. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Second truth, God can free me. God can free me. God has the power to set you free. No matter how bound up you feel or how desperate you feel. And some of us have bought in the lie that it's just how it's gonna be. I've had this baggage forever. You got that piece of luggage that you've had, you won't throw away. And it's, I still have that destroyed piece of luggage. It's in my office, in my house. I still, I can't use it, right? I just, I wanna, kids told me the other day, why don't you get rid of that? I don't know, I kinda like it. Some of us are carrying stuff around that we think that's just the way we're going to be. It doesn't, we, there's nothing we can do about it. I've always been that way. I'm always going to be that way. My dad was that way. My granddad was that way. My great granddad was that way. It's just not going to change. I've tried. I've failed. I've just given up to the thought this is the way it's always going to be. Can I tell you, that's a big lie of the devil. You're living deception. You're believing a lie because God has the power to change us and transform us. He can set you free. He can still free you. Don't lose hope or give up on being three. Romans 8, one through two says this, message paraphrase. With the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, that faithful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud of baggage. 
A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, taking the baggage from me, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Taking the baggage out of your life, you can still be free in Jesus' name. Run the race. You can be free. Lastly, last truth, God will restore me. God will restore me. God wants to restore you back to the original thing he intended for you. God, the Bible says he's written a story about your life and we've added to it, no doubt, but God can restore you back to what he always intended. It's not too late, you've not gone too far. He sees you through the blood of Jesus, amen. He sees you through the eyes of compassion and mercy and grace. Psalm 71:20, last scripture says this, though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter Uh, you will, uh, many and bitter, you will restore. Listen, you will restore my life again. What a powerful truth for you and I to hold on. I don't care where I'm at, how bound up I feel, how far away of your purpose I feel. God, I know you will restore my life again. You'll restore me back to what you originally intended. Whatever this baggage is in my life and I can release it to you, I can find restoration back to my original intent. Back to the things of God for me. You'll restore me, my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me back up. Under the pile of baggage that we have had for years and years, he will bring you back up to rise up above that so you can be free. That's the God we serve, amen? It's gonna be a good series. Because we're gonna learn the truth about the things that have been weighing us down in our life that don't need to be. I hope that we're going to get tired of those things and we'll, we'll recognize them and de- so we can deal with them and then we can apply the truth of God's word because it's the truth that sets us free. You can't run while you're holding suitcases. If the journey has been disappointing and hurtful and painful, and it can, and it probably has a number of ways for a lot of us, you can find freedom. He still loves you. He can set you free. And he can and will restore you back to what he originally intended you to be so you can fulfill the amazing plan and purpose he has for your life. He is a good and faithful God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.